Well, on a warm day here in Pittsburgh, it's the New York Mets and the Pittsburgh Pirates in the second game of the doubleheader. First game was won by the Mets 11 to 6 as Tom Seaver won his 13th ball game. He became the second 13 game winner in the major leagues and his record now for the season 13 and 3. Bob Veal was a losing pitcher. He's now 4 and 10. And Seaver, in winning, has won seven consecutive ball games, a new Met record. Mets got 11 runs on 16 hits. They made two errors and left 11 on. Pirates got six runs on 10 hits. They made four errors and left nine men on. Seaver worked seven and two-thirds innings. He was relieved by Cal Kuntz, and Cal picked up his fifth save as he closed out the ball game. In the second ball game, it's going to be Don Cardwell pitching for the Mets. Don with a record of two wins and eight losses, and Doc Ellis, the right-hander, going for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ellis with a record of four wins and eight losses. The Mets are winning the first ball game, won their first game at Forbes Field. They have a record of one and two here. And overall, they have won three of seven games played with the Pittsburgh Pirates. In that first ball game, Cleon Jones had three hits and five times up to maintain his league lead in the National League with a 358 average. Matty Lou was two for five in the ball game, and he is at 355. The starting lineup for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it'll be Matty Alou in center field. Batting second and catching, Manny Sanguin. Batting third in left field, Willie Stargell. Batting fourth playing right field, Roberto Clemente. Batting fifth and playing first base, Al Oliver. Batting sixth at third base, Richie Hebner. Batting seventh and playing second base, Jose Martinez. Batting eighth at shortstop, Freddie Pacek. And the pitcher, Doc Ellis, batting ninth. And now the Pirates have taken the field. The umpires for this ball game, Paul Pryor, at the position behind home plate. At first base, Tony Vincent. At second base, Frank Sicori. And Dave Davison, the umpire, at third. Now Willie Stargell has taken over at first base. And Al Oliver, who was announced at first base, has been changed to play in left field. No change in the batting positions in the batting order. It's Manny Sengin behind home plate. Willie Stargell at first base. Jose Martinez at second base. Freddie Fartak at shortstop. Richie Hebner at third base. Al Oliver in left field. Matty Alou in center field. And Roberto Comeni in right. Waiting to come to the plate, standing right by home plate is Tommy Agee, the leadoff batter for the Mets. Tommy had a big first game as he had a home run and two singles with three runs batted in. Agee was up five official times. He also reached on a walk. And Doc Ellis now completing his warm-up pitches, getting set to pitch to Tommy Agee. Tommy now batting at 283. AG with 12 home runs and 36 runs batted in, and Doc Ellis taking the signs in the first pitch of the ball game. It's inside the ball. 
home plate umpire, Paul Fryer, working without the dark suit coat and in white shirt sleeves. All the umpires here on this hot day working in shirt sleeves. The pitch back to A.G. is in for a call strike. One ball and one strike. On deck batter, Ken Boswell. Doc Ellis, 24 years of age, 6'3", 196 pounds. He lives in Los Angeles, and his next delivery, a call, strike two. He has a record of four wins and eight losses this year. Last year, he was 6-5, and and lifetime in the major leagues has record 10 wins and 13 losses. He has no record against the Mets. We pause now for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're listening to New York Mets Baseball on WKHA-FM 102.3 in Saratoga Springs, New York. Bring up Ken Boswell with Cleon Jones on deck. Agee's base hit is fourth in this doubleheader. The Mets had 16 base hits in the first ball game to tie their season's high. They won it by a score of 11 to 6. Boswell not playing in the first game, batting for the first time. Cam with an average of 247, two home runs, 17 runs batted in. And Ellis working from the set position, and the first pitch is high, ball one. Yogi Berra, the coach at first base. Eddie Ose, the coach at third. First ball game, just about three hours long. Two hours, 57 minutes. Now the pitch back and a call strike. One ball and one strike. That first game started at 10.30 this morning. Mighty tough on the ball players. The Mets, coming from St. Louis, had a day game yesterday. Arrived in Pittsburgh around 7.30. One ball, one strike. Ellis back and Boswell looks. The pitch is outside. Two balls, one strike. Surprisingly enough, there were a lot of people in line to get in the ballpark as the gates were opened. Gates were opened at 9 o'clock. I'm saying that from hearsay because I wasn't here at 9. Two balls, one strike. Throw to first base, A.G. Chase back. Tom has three stolen bases this year. Wind blowing out to left field. A breeze that cannot be felt up here, but certainly refreshing in the outfield. The 2-1 pitch, A.G. running. The ball grounded out to the shortstop, Pacek. He takes a high bound, throws to first base in time for the out. He had no chance for the fourth play at second. Throw on the hit-and-run play. Boswell hitting the ball toward left field. Gets A.G. into scoring position, and it brings up Cleon Jones. Cleon had a big first game. He had... A single in the third to drive in a run, a double in the fifth and scored a run, and he singled through the middle in the ninth inning. His average at 358, he leads the National League. Leon now has 50 runs batted in, nine home runs, he has scored 55. The on deck batter is Art Shamsky. Doc Ellis. Checking out the signs. Cleon is opening the stance up a little bit. Up on top of the plate in the first pitch. Swung on a miss, strike one. One strike shot. Doc Ellis taking his hat off and 
wiping his forehead with the sleeves of his undershirt. Now he peers in for the signs, the catcher in the ball game, Manny Sanguian. Signs go out and the pitch. The Jones is inside and the count one ball and one strike. One and one. Now Ellis sets up. Here's the one-one delivery. A curveball swung on and missed. Play on fool by the pitch. It's one and two. One ball, two strikes. Ellis working very slowly. Now takes the sign. There's no 20-second rule with a man on base. Agee's at second, and the ground ball hit down to short. Agee starts to go to third and hustles back to second as Pacek almost flew to the second baseman Martinez covering the second to pick up Agee. But he changed his direction and threw to first base, and Jones was out. Two men away, and it brings up Art Shamsky. Agee still at second. We're in the top of the first. First game won by the Mets. 11-6 as Tom Seaver got the win. Shamsky did not bat in the first ball game. He did go in the ball game in the later stages of the game when Cleon Jones was given a rest. Shamsky, a left-hand batter, hitting at 3.33. And the first pitch is low. It's ball one. Art has five home runs and 13 runs batted in in 33 ball games. Doc Ellis, 4-8, comes back, and the pitch again is low. It's two balls, no strikes. A.G. with a leadoff single to center field. He moved down to second base on a hit-and-run play by Ken Boswell when he grounded out to short. Freon Jones also out to short. Two men out and coming to the on-deck circle now. Wayne Garrett. The 2-0 pitch. At the knees, a called strike. Two balls and one. Ellis working extremely slowly. Still has yet to look in for the sign. Now he peers in. And the 2-1 pitch. At the knees again, a call strike two. Two and two. Don Cardwell will be the pitcher for the Mets when the Pirates come up in their half of the inning. And Don, not too fast a worker himself. It's the kind of a day here at Pittsburgh where no one would like to make a fast move if they could help it. And at 2-2, the pitch, low and ball three. Three balls, two strikes. At the end of two at San Francisco, the Giants won Atlanta nothing. balls, two strikes. Two men away. Here's the pitch to Shamsky, and it is outside ball four. So Shamsky joins Tommy Agee on the bases. 
First walk given up by Ellis. And it brings up the third baseman, Wayne Garrett. Wayne was one for two. He came in the ball game in the first game when Bob Veal was taken out and Bruce Dow Canton was brought in. Garrett, a left-hand batter, hitting 271, one home run, 18 runs batted in. And in the on-deck circle, Eddie Creampool. And the pitch to Garrett is bounced over the third baseman's head. A good play in the ball by Podtek to keep A.G. at third base, and the bases are loaded on the base hit. A chopper over the head of the third baseman, Ricky Hebner, and Podtek going deep in the hole, taking the ball back on the outfield grass to keep it from going on through in the left field. And on the play, the fine play by Patek, A.G. had to stay at third. So it's bases loaded, two men away, and the batter's Eddie Cranepool. Ed playing at first base and batting for the first time today. Cranepool hitting at 233, seven home runs and 30 runs batted in. And Doc Ellis working from the windup for the first pitch. It's outside ball one. Crane Poole has played in 60 ball games. He has been bothered by a muscle spasm that he picked up in St. Louis. 1-0 pitch. Low and ball two. Two balls, no strikes. In the first game, the Pirates used five pitchers. They have no one warming up in this one. Bases are loaded. Two men out, top of the first. No score. And Doc Ellis. Into the windup and the 2-0 pitch. In for a call strike. Two balls and one strike. The on-deck batter for the Mets is J.C. Martin. Now at 2-1, the signs go up. And Ellis with his next delivery. And it's outside, ball three. Three balls and one strike. That pitch just off the outside corner. So Doc Ellis with his back to the wall. Nowhere to put Ed Greenpool, and Greenpool now checking out to see whether or not he'll be taking or hitting. The pirate bench evidently getting on Paul Pryor, the home umpire as he turns toward the bench and says something back. And the 3-1 pitch. It is ball four, and the Mets have a run. On the walk, Agee is forced in from third. Run batted in by Rainpool, his 31st, and it's a one nothing ball game, and it brings up J.C. Martin. J.C., a left-hand batter, hitting 210. He has two home runs, 11 runs batted in. Manny Sangin going out to the pitching mound to talk with Doc Ellis. Still no action in the bullpen for the Pirates. Now Sangin back to set out the signs. The Mets leading 1-0. Still the bases loaded. And the first pitch to Martin. It is in for a call strike.
Art Shamsky at third base, Wayne Garrett at second, Cranepool at first. And the one strike pitch is in for call strike two. Van Gien, in coming up to throw the ball back, hits the strike arm of the home plate umpire, Paul Pryor. He stopped and did not throw the ball, looked back to see what happened. So J.C. Martin with a two-strike count. J.C. was not in the first ball game. Jerry Grody did the catching. He had two hits and three official times up. Next pitch grounded over the mound. Taken out in, at shortstop and dropped by Project. Going from third on the base hit. Archamsky moving over to third is Wayne Garrett. Cranepool safe at second and on the infield hit. Martin at first base. So the Mets now lead 2-0. Freddie Project got his glove on that ball about 15 feet on the second base side of the bag. Now Larry Shepard coming out to the mound. Batter coming up for the Mets is Al White. He got his glove on it as he reached for the ball, but then lost it, and it rolled away. There was no doubt about the fact that it was a base hit. He had gone a long way. So now a 2-0 ball game. Mets won the first one, 11-6. Two men out in the top of the first and the second. Run batted in for J.C. Martin, his 12th of the season. Al White, the right-hand batter, batting 188. No home runs and nine runs batted in. He had three hits in the first ball game: A single, a double, and a single. And five official times up. And the first pitch to Weiss is low and inside, ball one. Still no action in the bullpen for the Pirates. And Doc Ellis with the one... Old pitch and outside for ball two. Two balls, no strike. Al Weiss, the eighth man to bat in the inning. In the first game won by the Mets, they sent eight to the plate in the fifth inning when they scored four runs, and nine to the plate in the ninth when they scored three. Now a deep drive to right center field is going to be extra bases. Ball taking two hops against the wall in right center field. Scoring from third base is Wayne Garrett. From second base is Ed Cranepool. From first base is J.C. Martin. And now White pulls up with a triple. And it's a 5 nothing ball game. Al White with three RBIs is 10th, 11th, and 12th. And the three base hit is first of the season. And that brings up the pitcher, Don Cardwell. And now action starting up in the bullpen for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Chuck Hartenstein, who was in the first ball game, now starting to throw in the bullpen for the Pirates. He had not been up prior to the free base hit by Al White. Don Cardwell, the batter. Don batting 250, a right-hand batter, in the first pitch. Swung on and missed strike one. Mets with five runs in, leading by a score of five as they bat in the top of the first. Cardwell, the ninth man to bat. And the pitch by Ellis. It swung on and missed. Strike two. That ball hit by Al White. Took two hops and bounced against the wall 430 feet away. That's the longest ball that I have seen Al hit. Next pitch back is low and the count one and two. Don't believe Lindsay. He's hit any, any further than that in his life. The longest ball that those powered outfielders ever saw him hit, I'll assure you that. They weren't close to it when it hit the ground. They were playing very shallow. 
Roberto Clemente in right field, Matty Lou in center. Al Oliver, the outfielder in left. Now at 1 2, the pitch to Cardwaller swung on and missed strike three. That ends the inning. Nine men to the plate. The Mets get five runs on four hits, no errors, and one man left. And the score after one half inning the Mets five, the Pirates coming up. Now here's a word from Sitko. Now, Mona, the man in the middle is the pitcher. And the. Whether you're looking for a hot or a cold sandwich or a complete dinner, make Pinellas Restaurant on Jefferson Street your headquarters for the finest in Italian or American dishes. At Pinellas, food and cocktails are served daily from 5 p.m. on. They're closed on Sundays. Choose from Pinellas' wide selection on their dinner menu, and they always have those famous steak sandwiches. Many people in the area find Pinellas Restaurant the ideal stopping-off place after the races. It's just 400 yards from the new grandstand entrance on Jefferson Street. Each day, Pinell's Restaurant has a different special. And Pinell's is the type of place where you can just relax in their informal atmosphere. Reservations are not necessary, and there's always plenty of free parking. Italian or American dishes, choose your favorite and enjoy the wonderful cuisine at Pinell's Restaurant, Jefferson Street, Saratoga Springs. Why not stop by at Pinell's Restaurant tonight? Going to the bottom half of the first. The Mets in front five to nothing. They won the first ball game by a score of eleven to six. And Don Cardwell, who had a delay of about twenty minutes before he got to the mound, now taking his warm-up pitches. For the Pirates, it'll be Matty Alou to lead off, followed by Manny Sangin, the catcher, and Willie Stargell, the first baseman. Matty Alou, a left-hand batter, hitting a 3.55. He is two batting points behind the National League leader, Cleon Jones, in the batting race. In the first ball game, Matty was two for five. On the mound, Cardwell, and the first pitch is popped into shallow center field. Tommy Agee coasting in. He's under the ball, and he makes the catch. So one pitch and one away. The Mets leading 5-0, and it brings up the catcher, Manny Sanguia. Manny did not play in the first ball game. The catcher in that first game won by the Mets was Jerry May. He had a double in three official times up. Sanguia off to a tremendous start this year. He has a 3.39 average, two home runs, 20 runs batted in. He does not qualify as a rookie as he was at bat just several times over the number of times that you can qualify. And the first pitch by Van Denen, pardon me, by Cardwell, is in for a call strike. Sangin, a right-hand batter, has tremendous speed. He's a converted outfielder. He's catching in this game for the Pirates. And the pitch back is a breaking ball way outside. One ball and one strike. J.C. Martin, the catcher for the Mets, at first base, Ed Cranepool, at second base, Ken Boswell, at shortstop, Al Weiss, at third base, Wayne Garrett. In left field, Cleon Jones, Tommy Agee in center field, and Art Shamsky in right. The 1-1 pitch. In for a call, strike two.
Now the signs go out. Cardwell again shaking his head no. Again no. Not getting together with J.C. Martin on the pitch. At the end of two and a half, San Francisco one, Atlanta nothing. Now the pitch. And it's a breaking ball low, and it's two and two. In the American League at the end of seven, Minnesota leading Oakland by a score of ten to nothing. Killebrew, Cardenas, and Carew have had home runs in that. Now the pitch grounded out to the third base side, on through in the left field of base hit. Sanguin's going to try for two, and the throw in the second base is not in time, and Sanguin comes in with a stand-up double. The two-base hit for Sanguin is tenth of the season, and it brings up the first baseman, Willie Stargell. Stargell was a home run and a double and two walks in the first ball game, two for three. Raising his average to 346. And a drive in the right center field going over his AG. He tries to get to it, takes the drive, it goes on by. Sanguin comes in to score easily from second base. Stargell running on to third. So a three-base hit by Willie Stargell, and the Pirates have a run-in, and it's a 5-1 ball game. Three-base hit, Stargell's second of the year. And Don Cardwell being reached now for a double and a triple, and the batter coming up for the Pirates, the right fielder, Roberto Comeni. The RBI by Stargell, his 44th of the year. Comeni coming up. Has 47. He got his 46th and 47th in the first ball game when he got three hits and five times up. Two doubles and a single. Many now batting at 322, and the pitch by Cardwell lined foul into the Mets bullpen, and about six Mets scatter out onto the field. So a one strike count. Mets leading five to one. One man out, bottom half of the first. At the end of four, the Yankees five Cleveland nothing in the first of two. Dick Ellsworth against Fritz Peterson. Cardwell into the lineup and the pitch. Blowing away, it's ball one. One ball, one strike. Starting pitcher, Chicago at St. Louis. Ferguson Jenkins for the Cubs, he's 10 and 5. Bob Gibson for the Cardinals, he's also 10 and 5. The 1 1 pitch, a call strike. It's now 1 and 2. Cubs have a four game series with the Cardinals, then come to Shea Stadium for a three game series with the Mets Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday night, and Thursday afternoon. Mets in winning the first ball game, now seven games back of the Cubs in second place. Next pitch is just outside. Sidearm fastball by Cardwell, two and two. On the pitch, J.C. Martin tried to steal the strike, but couldn't get it from the umpire, Paul Pryor. Mets playing their infield back all the way around. They're willing to give up a run. 
hoping to pick up an out against the strong Roberto Kameni. And Cardwell with the pitch. Grounded out to the mound. A great play out by Cardwell. He looked the runner back to third and throws the first for the out. Cardwell made a fine play stopping that ball. It might have gone on through. And that gives him a second out of the inning. We pause now for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're listening to New York Mets Baseball on WKHA-FM. 102.3 megacycles on your FM dial in Saratoga Springs, New York. Ralph Kiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. The Mets leading 5-1, to one, two men out in the bottom of the first. Myers batting with a runner at third, and the batter's Al Oliver, and the first pitch is low, ball one. Oliver had a base hit in the first ball game and five times up. Average at 253. He has six home runs, 34 runs batted in. And the next pitch is low, and it's ball two. Two balls, no strikes. Two balls, no strikes. Cardwell working extremely slowly. We've had a half an hour and haven't had in this first inning. And the pitch. It is inside and low, ball three. Joe Oliver with a count his way. Three balls, no strikes. Sargell at third. On deck, Jose Pagan. Now the sign's out and the free open. Outside ball four. Jose Pagan is now coming up to hit for Ricky Hebner. Hebner started the ball game. Earlier, before the first game of the doubleheader, he complained that he was not feeling well, so he did not play in the first game, was in the starting lineup and removed, did not get on the field. In the second game, evidently the same thing. So, Pagan will take over at third base, and he bats now with runners at first and third. He played in the first ball game, was 0 for 5. And the first pitch is popped up in the right field. Archevsky coming in. He is under the ball, and he makes the catch, and that retires the side. In the inning, one run on two hits, no errors, a walk, and two men left on, and the score at the end of one, the Mets five, the Pirates one. Attention all Mets fans. The next minute could be very important for you.
Entries will be judged on originality, aptness, and interest. Send your nominating letter to Rheingold Greatest Met Fans Contest, Box 289, New York, 10046. Incorporated, New York, New York, and Orange, New Jersey. Tommy Agee will lead off for the Mets, batting for the second time in the game. The Mets set nine to the plate in the first and scored five runs. They lead five to one. And the first pitch by Doc Ellis to Tommy Agee is low ball one. Agee with a single and a run scored his first time up, and now he singles to center field, a line drive. Agee hurrying around first base, the ball fielded by Alou, and Agee makes the stop. So Agee now two for two. In the first ball game, he had three hits in five official times up. In case you haven't heard, Rheingold is looking for the 25 greatest Mets fans. Do you think you qualify? Then write a letter to Rheingold Greatest Mets Fans Contest, Box 289, New York, New York, 146. Now Ken Boswell coming up. A.G. with five consecutive base hits. On at first base, and again action in the bullpen. This time it's Joe Gibbon, a left-hander. In the first inning, after eight men had hit, and the Mets had scored five runs, Chuck Hartenstein got up to warm up. Now time called, and Eddie Yost talks with Ken Boswell about his direction. A.G. with his five straight hits in his last five times up, now batting 289. Tommy has had a tremendous road trip. He had a great series against the Cardinals. Now time in, and Doc Ellis with the pitch to Boswell. It is low, but at the knees, and a call strike. Boswell was out in bunning position. Ken on the hit-and-run play, his first time up, grounded out to short. On the play, A.G. moved down to second. And Ellis sets, here's the pitch. Boswell takes outside, one and one. Again, in bunning position. Let's have five runs on five hits. With no one out here in the second. Giants have added the run in the third. They lead Atlanta 2-0 after three. Now the pitch bunted out toward first base. Ellis comes off the mound to field it. Willie Stargell, the first baseman, taking the throw on the bag. Stargell was not charging, and so took the throw. It goes 1-3 on the sacrifice. Agee down to second. It brings up Cleon Jones. Cleon grounded out the short his first time up. He's now batting 357. Three points ahead of Matty Alou, and he leads the National League. The Cubs are out in the top of the first against Bob Gibson. They did not score. St. Louis now coming up for the first time against Ferguson Jenkins. Cubs leading the Mets by seven games, with the Mets cutting that lead from seven and a half to seven, winning the first game, 11 to six. First pitch to Cleon Jones is inside the ball. Now Ellis in the set position, checking the runner at second. And the pitch back is inside again. Two balls, no strikes. Starting pitcher, Seattle at Kansas City. Fred Talbot going for Seattle and Roger Nelson going for Kansas City. 
Two balls, no strikes. And the pitch to Jones has popped up in foul territory. Ball going out of play. And the count now two and one. Freon was robbed of a base hit in the first game, but still came up with three hits and five times up. He's three for six for the day. And the 2-1 pitch. Hit slowly out foul. Eddie Yost, the third base coach, fielding the ball in the count now two and two. Mets announced earlier today that they are bringing up Danny Priscilla, recalling him from Tidewater. Duffy Dyer, one of the Mets' three catchers, being sent to Tidewater to help out with the catching there. Now the 2-2 pitch. It is hit in the air to shallow left center field. Might drop in. Here comes a little long run. He makes a good running catch. And A.G. halfway down the line toward third goes back to second. So Cleon is out for the second out. And it brings up the right fielder, Archamski. Hart walked his first time up and scored a run. Average now, 3.23. Shamsky, a left-hand batter. He has hit five home runs this year, driven in 13 runs in 34 ball games. Mets are leading 5-1, to one, two men out top of the second. And Doc Ellis with his first pitch. He's low and away. Ball one. Mets have sent 13 men to the plate so far in this game. Two men out in the top of the second. Ellis back and a changeup is low and inside. Two balls, no strikes. Joe Gibbon, a left-hander. Recently acquired from San Francisco. Still throwing in the bullpen for Pittsburgh. The 2-0 pitch. In for call strike. Todd knee high, two balls, one strike. Given had gone to the Giants from Pittsburgh. So he's back home. Two balls, one strike. A.G. at second base, and the pitch back to Shamsky. In for call, strike two, and the count two and two. Gibbon had started in the Pirate Farm system as a first baseman. He was converted to a pitcher and has done his work in the major leagues as a left-hand pitcher. Now Doc Ellis set for the 2-2 pitch. And it's outside, ball three. Three balls, two strikes. When Shamsky walked in the first inning, he walked in the 3-2 pitch. Mets got a run when Cranepool walked to force in a run. That was their first one. They added four more in the first as they sent nine to the plate. And they lead five to one. And the 3-2 pitch. Hit down the right field line. It'll be off of the screen. The ball is fielded by Kameni coming in to score easily as Agee. And Shamsky 
almost thrown out at first base as he dives back into the bag after making the big turn. So the Mets now lead 6-1. to one. On their sixth base hit, Chamsky at first base, and the batter coming up is Wayne Garrett, who singled his first time up. Chamsky with a run batted in, now with 14 for the year. Garrett batting 275, one home run and 18 runs batted in. And the first pitch is in for a call strike. Mets won that first game 11 to 6. In this ball game they have scored six and lead six to one. Two men out are in the top of the second. And the next pitch. Outside it's one and one. Winning pitcher in the first game, Tom Seaver. Tom became the second 13-game winner in the major leagues. His record now 13 and 3. Bob Veal lost it. His record now 4 and 10. Seaver has won seven consecutive ball games for the Mets, a new record. And the next pitch is inside. Ball off the glove of Manny Sanguin. It goes back to the backstop. Shamsky's going to try for third after going to second base, and he goes there. Sanguin did not go out to the pitch right away. It's being scored a wild pitch. And he appears to have hurt his bare hand. He got his bare hand on the ball. He did not run after the ball immediately. And then Shamsky, who had moved down to second, decided to go on to third and went there without a throw. And now Larry Shepard coming out to the mound after talking with Manny Sanguin to check him out. And this could be all for Doc Ellis. Two ball, one strike count, and there goes the sign out, and that's all for Doc Ellis. So close the book on Doc. His record goes as one and two-thirds inning of work. He has been charged with six runs. He gave up six hits while striking out one and walking two. And coming in the ball game is Joe Gibbon, and as he comes in, let's check out the scoreboard with Lindsey Nelson. All right, Ralph, in the National League, the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals are in the middle of the first inning, and there's no score. Chicago did not score in the top of the first. Ferguson Jenkins, 10-5 and five against Bob Gibson, 10-5, and five, as they lock up the aces in the opening game of a four-game set in St. Louis. In the first game of a doubleheader in San Francisco at the end of three innings, the Giants, two, and Atlanta, nothing. It's Mike McCormick for the Giants, Bill Pappas for Atlanta. Jim Davenport hit his second home of the year in the second with nobody on. And Bobby Bonds over in the third with nobody on. That's his 12th for the Giants. Cincinnati Reds play the Dodgers in Los Angeles in a single game later this afternoon. And tonight down in San Diego, it's the Houston Astros and the San Diego Padres in a single game. A twilight doubleheader on tap at Connie Mack Stadium in Philadelphia between the Montreal Expos and the Philadelphia Phillies. In the American League, at the end of eight innings of play... Minnesota Twins 10, the Oakland A's nothing. Catfish Hunter started for Oakland. Jim Rowland in the fourth. Jim Nash in the fifth. Bob Miller going from Minnesota. Harmon Killebrew has hit his 20th homo. Jose Cardenas has homered. And Rod Carew has homered. In the first game of a doubleheader in New York, at the end of five and one-half innings of play, it is now the Yankees five and Cleveland four. Cleveland getting two runs in the top of the sixth. Dick Ellsworth, the lead by Gary Kroll in the fifth. Rich Peterson is going for New York. That's the first of two. In the middle of the fourth inning, first game of a doubleheader, Washington won Boston nothing. Jim Hannon against Lee Sang. Frank Howard hit his 28th homer in the first inning with nobody on. 
Baltimore is at Detroit for a doubleheader, and it's Mike Cuellar, 8-6 against Mickey Lolich, 10-1. The California Angels are at Chicago against the White Sox for a doubleheader and a later start. And the Seattle Pilots are playing the Kansas City Royals in a doubleheader today in Kansas City. Fred Talbot, 3-2, going against Roger Nelson, 4-7. The New York Mets won the first game of a doubleheader here this afternoon, winning it by a score of 11-6. And now we're ready for play again, and here's Ralph Kiner. Okay, Lindsey Nelson, Joe Gibbon in the game with a record of 2-3, and three, a left-hander. He's working with a count of two balls and one strike. The batter, Wayne Garrett, a left-hand batter. A check swing, ground ball, it's slowly out the short. Pawchek gets a good bounce, fires at the first base in time, and the side retired on his one pitch. In the inning, the Mets get one run on two hits. No errors, and a man left at first. And the score at the end of one and a half innings, the Mets six, the Pirates one. What's the most exciting play in baseball? A stolen base, a double play around the horn, a perfect drag bunt, well, no matter which play is your particular favorite, there's one thing they all have in common. Perfect timing. And it's that same kind of perfect timing that makes Rheingold Extra Dry such a great beer. The timing of our skillful brewmasters as they brew into Rheingold the finest malt. The choicest imported and domestic hops. The perfect timing used to age Rheingold beer to perfection. The timing that gives you a beer with a head that stays firm and proud. A head that stands the test of time. The proud Rheingold 10-minute head. The sign of a truly great beer. Haven't you timed it yet? Rheingold Breweries, New York, and Orange, New Jersey. Going to the bottom of the second inning, the Mets leading by a score of six to one, knocking out Doc Ellis after one and two thirds innings. When Ellis was leaving the field, he was taken out by Larry Shepard. He walked towards the dugout, and as he got to the dugout, he put his hat back in the back of his head and laughed and joked about it all. Now the second baseman for the Pirates. Jose Martinez will be leading off against Don Cardwell. Don reached for one run on two hits in the first. The two hits going to Manny Sanguin, a double and a triple by Willie Stargell. Martinez, the right-hand batter, hitting at 278. And the first pitch is grounded foul, strike one. One strikeout. Cardwell working. Martinez has no home runs this year. He has seven runs batted in. The pitch is grounded out to the third baseman, Wayne Garrett, who takes the slowly hit ball and fires at the first base to Cranepool for the out. Cranepool making a nice shift in the foul territory to take the throw. Garrett was not that sure of the ball. It was not an easy chance. Now the shortstop, Freddie Potek, the batter. Fred hitting 230 with two home runs and 15 runs batted in. He got his second home run of the year against the Mets at Shea Stadium in the last series with Pittsburgh there. Right-hand batter. He stands 5-5, and the pitch rocks him back. It's inside ball one. Cardwell looking for his third win. He's lost eight. 
He was acquired from Pittsburgh by the Mets. The 1-0 pitch. Again inside. Two balls, no strikes. Don is 33 years of age. 6'4", 220. Lives in Clemens, North Carolina. Has a lifetime record in the majors of 94 wins, 133 losses. And lifetime against the Pirates, he has won 12 and lost 12. This year, he is 0-1 against Pittsburgh. And the next pitch is in for a call strike. It's two balls and one strike. Don, 6'4", 220. Already, and he has worked only one inning. His uniform is soaking wet from perspiration. It's that kind of a day here at Forbes Field. The 2-1 pitch. It's a deep left field. Going back is Big Eye Jones. He's back to the wall. It's going, going. It is gone. with a home run over 400 feet. He stands five foot five, and that's his third home run of the season. That ball going over the fence, right around the 400-foot mark. And it brings up the pitcher, Joe Gibbons. It's now a six-to-two ball game. And the pitch to Gibbons, a right-hand batter, is grounded out to first base. It is a foul ball. Rainpool drops the ball. And not knowing it was called foul by the first base umpire, Tony Vincent scrambled for it. But it's a foul ball and strike one. We were talking about Freddie Potek's power in New York. He has amazing power for his size. He stands five foot five. Now the one strike pitch. It is off of the glove of J.C. Martin. Ball one. Pitch low and away. And the one-one delivery is fouled off, and the count goes up to one and two. The Cardinals did not score in their half of the first. And the Cubs now have not scored in their half of the second. So after one and a half innings of play at St. Louis, the Cubs nothing, the Cardinals nothing. Ferguson Jenkins pitching for the Cubs. Bob Gibson going for the Cardinals. Now the next pitch again fouled, and the count stays at one and two. This one on top of the roof on the first base side. The Cubs have a four-game series with the Cardinals. Then come to Shea Stadium for a three-game series. One-two pitch again, and call strike three. Cubs will be playing on Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday night, and Thursday afternoon. And it should be a tremendous series. Mets are winning the first ball game, now seven games back. Mets took three out of five from the Cardinals, and the Cardinals just about have to do something strong against the Cubs to stay in the race. The strikeout, the second out of the inning, it brings up the leadoff batter, Matty Alou. Alou flies the center on the first pitch, his first time up, and he fouls off the first pitch this time, and it's strike one. Alou batting 354. He trails Leon Jones by one point in their National League batting race. And the one strike pitch is hit foul again, this time over the back of the catcher now to play. 
strikes two. Alou is a very tough man to strike out. He has struck out 17 times this year and 344 times up. And the two-strike pitch, low on its ball one. Again, the ball getting away from J.C. Martin. One and two. Mets are leading by a score of six to two. They have six runs on six hits. The Pirates have two runs and three hits. All three of the Pirates' hits have been extra base hits. The double by Sangui and the triple by Stargell to drive in the run. And a home run by Freddie Pate. And at 1-2, the pitch is low again. Two balls, two strikes. Final score, Minnesota 10, Oakland 4. And the next pitch is hit out to right center field. Archemsky off and running, and he makes the catch. And the catch retires the side. No run, pardon me, one run on one hit, the home run by Freddie Fartek. No errors and no one left on, and a score at the end of two. The Mets six, the Pirates two. Hi, this is Bob Walton at Walton Sports Shop, urging you to stop in and see us when you need camping equipment. Now that vacation time is here, have you found that in checking over your equipment that you need something additional? Then stop in and see the wide selection we have to offer. Walton's carries pack frames, canteens, and mess kits. If this is your first year of tenting, then be sure that you see Walton's for all styles of tents, air mattresses, and Coleman stoves and lanterns. Walton's carries a full line of famous name sleeping bags. Of course, at Walton's, hunters can find everything in one convenient location. Guns, ammunition, and hand-loading equipment. And rifle scopes to make those long shots surer and safer. For the golfers, be sure to visit Walton's Par 3 room where you'll find a complete line of golf equipment. Shoes, clubs, bags, carts, and a rainproof jacket for just $9.95. A complete line of equipment for all sports is what you'll find at Walton Sports Shop, Lake Avenue in Saratoga, where sportsmen cater to sportsmen. We're going to the top of the third. The Mets in front of this. Pirate ball club in the second ball game by a score of 6-2. to two. They won the first game 11-6. to six. And the first batter for the Mets will be Ed Cranepool. Ed walked with the bases loaded to get the Mets started in the first inning when they sent nine to the plate and scored five runs on four base hits. Mets added another run in the second on two hits. And now Cranepool to lead off the third. Joe Gibbon, the pitcher, and the first pitch is grounded out to the shortstop, a fine play by Martinez as he goes back in the outfield grass to one-hand the ball and throw to first base, picks up Greenville. Jose Martinez making the play at second base. Now you can get a larger loan in New York, up to $1,400 from the largest lending company, HFC, Household Finance. J.C. Martin, the batter. J.C. had an infield hit his first time up. J.C. batting 217, Cranepool before the out, batting 233. Gibbon now has retired his first two batters, and the first pitch to J.C. Martin by the left-hander is in for a call strike. And Gibbon back to work in the one-strike delivery. 
Hit out to deep right field. Going back is Clemente. It's going, going, and it is gone. J.C. Martin with a long home run to right field. His third of the year, and the Mets now lead by a score of 7-2. to two. For J.C. Martin, his 12th run batted in. And it brings up Al White. Al White drove in three runs in the first inning with a triple to right center field. Al, a right-hand batter in the first pitch, in for a call strike. J.C. Martin has home runs now against Ferguson Jenkins that came at Wrigley Field and Jack Fisher, that one at Cincinnati. And the next pitch to Weiss is line foul into the stand, strike two. That's leading by a score of 7-2. to two. With one out, we're in the top of the third. Weiss with 12 runs batted in. And a 196 average. And a drive into left center field of base hit. Al is rounding at third base. He's going on to try for two. The ball fielded by Al Oliver. And the throw into the second baseman. The shortstop covering the second base, Freddie Pozak, is not in time. And the Pirates possibly will put on the appeal play. See what happens. Pitcher has the ball, and they're waiting for Don Cudwell to get to the batter's box. Attention called to first base by the second baseman, Jose Martinez. But evidently, they got an answer from Stargell that he did touch, so the play is not going to be put on. First pitch to Cardwell is ball one. Cardwell struck out his first time up. And given back, and the pitch is checked on. He went too far, and it's a strike. One ball and one strike. Norm Cash has hit a three-run home run for the Tigers, and Detroit batting in the bottom of the first, leading by at least a 3 nothing score. Mike Cuellar pitching for Baltimore. Mickey Lulich going for the Tigers. The 1-1 pitch. Checked on, and this time he did not go too far, and the count two balls, one strike. And Gibbon sets up the 2-1 pitch. Swung on and missed, 2-2. Two two. Starting pitcher Doc Ellis knocked out of the box by the Mets after one and two-thirds innings. Being charged with six runs, he gave up six hits. And now Joe Gibbon charged with one run on two hits. Mets have sent 18 men to the plate in two and one-third innings. Next pitch is in for a call, strike three, and Cardwell is struck out for the second time. That'll bring up Tommy Agee, who has had five consecutive base hits to raise his average to 289. Three in his last three times up in the first game, one by the Mets, 11 to 6, and two here in this game. A.G. a right-hand batter, and Gibbons' first pitch is hit foul into the stands out of play, strike one. We pause now for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. 
New York Mets Baseball from 102.3 FM in Saratoga Springs, New York. WKAJ. Ralph Kiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Tommy Agee the batter and the pitch back to Agee is inside the ball. One ball and one strike. Mets are leading by a score of 7-2. to They have Al Weiss on at second base and the count 1-1 with two men out here in the top of the third to Tommy Agee. Minnesota Twins defeated Oakland 10-4. They have taken over first place in their division in the American League. Next pitch is low, and it's ball two. In that game, the winning pitcher was Miller. The attendance, 30,654. Game played in Minnesota. Home runs by Killebrew, Killebrew, Cardenas, Carew, and Mundy. Killebrew getting his 20th. Cardenas is fifth, Carew his sixth, and Mundy his ninth. Next pitch to A.G. is swung on. And the count, two and two. This game has been going on one hour now. We're in the top of the third. First ball game played in two hours and 57 minutes. The 2-2 pitch. Swung on and foul. The ball dropped by Sanguin. So Agee stays alive. The count, two balls, two strikes. The Cubs have scored against Bob Gibson and the St. Louis Cardinals at the end of two and a half innings. The Cubs won, the Cardinals nothing. Two balls, two strikes. Given back again to A.G. and the pitch is fouled on top of the roof out of play. A.G. with 12 home runs, leads the club in that department. He has 36 runs batted in. And again, the 2-2 pitch, and again a foul ball out of play. A.G. reaching out on the pitch that was out over the plate and fouling the ball into the right field stand. Detroit, at the end of one, leading Baltimore 3-0 on the home run by Norm Cash. Now Gibbon again with a 2-2 pitch, and this time way outside. They count three balls and two strikes. The on-deck batter for the Mets, Ken Boswell. And Gibbon with the 3-2 pitch, and it's drilled to center field. Matty Alou off and running. He gets to the ball and makes the catch of the line drive. That ball was hit hard. The catch ends the inning. One run on the home run by J.C. Martin. Two hits. No errors. The man left at second. And the score after two and a half. The Mets seven, the Pirates two. How did you make out this past winter? Did it cost you more than you had expected to keep warm this season? If it did, it might have been one of two things that proved costly for you. One, every fuel oil is not the same, and clean, fast-burning fuel oil is important to you, not only for the maximum heat, but for the best efficiency of your heating system. And two, perhaps your furnace or heating system needs cleaning. The Adirondack Oil Service on Maple Avenue can help you with both of those problems. First, when you call on the Adirondack Oil Service, you'll receive prompt service from their radio dispatch trucks, and they will deliver the finest fuel oil that money can buy. And if a dirty burner is your problem, Adirondack Oil Service can handle that problem, too. 
Now is the ideal time to have your burner cleaned and adjusted so that your heating system will operate at its maximum efficiency and economy next season. Don't wait until you need your furnace operating full-time. Call the Adirondack Oil Service on Maple Avenue in Saratoga now at 584-2045. We're going to the bottom of the third. The Mets in front 7-2 in the second game of this doubleheader. The first game they won 11-6. And the first batter will be Manny Sanguin, who doubled and scored a run in the first. It'll be Manny Sanguin, Willie Stargell, and Roberto Comeni for Don Cardwell, who has given up two runs and three hits. And the first pitch is swung on strike one. Sanguin batting 342. He's had two home runs and 20 runs batted in. Cardwell back, and the pitch is called a strike. It's strike two. A paid attendance here today for this 10.30 starting doubleheader, 17,631. Mets have played one other morning-afternoon doubleheader against Pittsburgh. Ground ball down to second. Boswell fields the ball deep at second, and the throw to first base in time to get Sangian out. Last year, the Mets played a 10.30 starting doubleheader here and won both games. Now the better is Willie Stargell. He tripled his first time up in this ball game. He's had quite a day. He walked in the first in the first game, hit a home run on top of the roof in the fourth, his fourth home run, walked in the fifth, grounded out in the seventh, and doubled in the ninth in the first ball game. In this game, he tripled. And the first pitch by Cardwell, a curve in, a call strike. Stargell's home run in the roof was his third here, and it's quite a feat. And the 13th hit on top of the roof. He is the only player to hit three home runs on the roof in right field. Next pitch is inside. One ball, one strike. The first one ever hit up there was hit by a fairly good hitter. Fellow of renown, Babe Ruth. Came on a day when he hit three home runs, his last three home runs in his career. Now it's live over the... The leap of that great ball down into the right field corner. The ball fielded by Chansky, and Stargell holds up at first base. Willie has a bad leg and cannot run hard. So it'll go as a single. The base hits the fourth off Cardwell, and it brings up Roberto Comeni. Babe Ruth, incidentally, went on to play. Additional games after his three home run day here, near the end of his career. A lot of people believe that he hit his three home runs here and then quit, which is not the case. They were his last three. Now Cardwell to Kameni, and the pitch is high, ball one. People believe that, Ralph, because that's the way it was portrayed in the movie. When Bill Bendix hit the three, that was it. I guess if Bendix can hit three, you can retire. <laughs> that a famous movie made right here at Forbes Field. Next pitch is swung on in the count one ball and one strike. Angels in the outfield was made here at Forbes Field, and I was with the ball club, and we were in the scenes in the background when they shot actual playing scenes. Paul Douglas was the star. Janet Lee was the female lead. Angel, Angels in the outfield. It was a good picture. 
see it all the time on the late show. Now the 1-1 pitch. It's outside, ball two. Two balls and one strike. I was working in baseball at the time, and about every hour on the hour, we got Wash and Dory Sherry saying plug angels in the outfield. Story about a little girl that believed the ball club could win, even though it was a bad ball club, and they won with a lot of outside help. It only happened in the movie. Now a line drive that hits Willie Stargell, and Stargell is lying on the ground. It'll go as a base hit for Kameni, and Stargell is out. Ball was hit hard, and Stargell could not get out of the way as he was moving on towards second. And he appears to be all right as he walks off the field. It got him somewhere around the five. Well, Kometi gets the base hit. It would have been a base hit anyway. But the Mets get it out. Two men away now, and the batter will be the left fielder, Al Oliver. Put out on that play goes to Cranepool. He was the closest man. Oliver walked his first time up in four pitches. Left fielder batting at 253. He was originally in the lineup at first base, and Stargell, who was in left field, was then moved to first, and Oliver went out to left. And the first pitch by Cardwell is outside ball one. Pirates now have two runs and five hits. The Mets have seven runs on eight hits. Two men away, bottom half of the third. And the next pitch is hit down to first base, and Cranepool knocks it down, picks the ball up, throws to the second shortstop covering the second base, and the force play retires aside. Good play by Ed. That ball almost went on through. He got to the ball to knock it down and picked it up right at his feet and fired on to Al White covering the second for the force play. No runs, two hits. No errors and one left on and the score. At the end of three, the Mets seven, the Pirates two. Specialty cars located on Ridge Road, Northville on Sacandaga Reservoir invite you to take off in a Dearborn deserter sport buggy. You've seen them on TV, the go-anywhere buggy that's a boon to hunters, fishermen, outdoorsmen, and summer fun people. John Coffin of Specialty Cars invites you to call him at 925-8513, and he'll give you all the details on the Dearborn Deserter Sport Buggy, built from the ground up at Specialty Cars' own shop. A Dearborn Deserter Buggy takes you places others just can't get, through sand, gravel, and over the roughest terrain. The buggy can be fully enclosed and has a built-in heater for chilly days. Call Specialty Cars at Northville, 925-8513. Specialty Cars says we can turn your beetle into a buggy. Get in the swing for summertime fun. Call Specialty Cars at Northville, 925-8513. Specialty Cars, Ridge Road, Northville on Sacandaga Reservoir. Custom builders of the Dearborn Deserter Sport Buggy. That's leading 7-2, and here for the play-by-play, Lindsay Nelson. Thank you very much, Ralph Kahn, and hello, everybody. It's Bobby Bauer coming up to bat now for Kenny Boswell as Gil Hodges goes to a right-hand batter against left-hand pitcher Joe Gibbon. Here is the pitch to Bobby Fowle, and it is in there for a called strike. Willie Stargell had gone back in the clubhouse, and he was a little late coming out, so... Uh, he is out there now at first base. 
Here's a pitch low. Since he was not there, and the infielders had the infield ball, and we're ready to loosen up their arms. Tony Vinson, the umpire, picked up the glove and took a throw or two over there. Lindsay, it's that kind of a day. It is that hot, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a little informal. Here's the pitch now to Bobby Fowle, and it's in there for a called strike. The crowd got a big kick out of it. They were up and craning their necks all around because they never saw an umpire take infield practice before. I haven't either. <laughs> When Vincent finished, he flipped the glove over to Yogi Berra, half expecting Yogi to fill in, I think. Foul, swings and fouls it down the right field line, out of play. Lindsay, uh, there's a Mets banner, or not really a Mets banner, I guess you'd say it's a Bucks banner, down in the right field area that has just broken loose and has fallen down. It said, Mets beat Bucks with a question mark, and then after that it says, Mission Impossible on it. Yeah, there's a banner or two around here today. Here's a pitch to Bobby Foul. Swung on, fouled out to the right side, out of play again. And it's a good crowd on day. The, on hand today, the uh, paid attendance is 17,631. Keep in mind that this is a ballpark, the seating capacity of which is 35,000. Most they've ever had is 44,900. Here's a swing and a foul ball. That was in 1956, and it was for a gift night here at Forbes Field. Back in 1947, we used to have a lot of crowds in the 40,000s, and they used to put the people on the field. Yes, I remember that uh, used to rope them off. Matter of fact, and uh, come up with some ground rules to cover balls hitting in there. Here's a pitch high and away for a ball. You'd have a fly ball hit out the left field. You'd have to fight off about 10 fans to get to it to make the catch. <laughs> two and two the count now. Here's a pitch, and it is low and away for a ball. Counts out bullet 3-2 to Bobby Fowle, leading off for the Mets in the top half of the fourth inning. Mets 7, Pittsburgh Pirates 2, the Mets won the first game here today, 11-6. Here's a pitch, foul off and out of play, and the count holds full at 3-2. Chicago Cubs did not score in the top of the fourth, midway of the fourth inning. It is the Cubs 1, the Cardinals nothing. Ferguson Jenkins against Bob Gibson. The Atlanta Braves got three in the sixth. Midway of the sixth inning, it is now the Braves three and the Giants two. Mill Pappas against Mike McCormick, relieved by Ronnie Klein in the sixth. Now the pitch, 3-2, and it's swung a line down the right field line, and this one is going to be in there for a base hit, taken on one half by Clemente. He throws to first base. Foul is back safely. Foul crawling back to first base. He grabs the bag with his hand. So it is a leadoff single for Bobby Fowle. And Cleon Jones comes up. He's gone over two in this game. Ken Boswell had a bruised left thumb, and for that reason, Bobby Fowle came on to hit for him just now. A bruised left thumb. And the fact that the Mets were leading 7-2 was another contributing factor, and the fact that Joe Gibbon, left-hand pitcher, was pitching was another contributing factor. Pitch to Cleon Jones. High and away for a ball. Cleon's batting average for the season right now stands at 355, and Matty Alou, 353. So Cleon is the National League's leading batter by two points. Mets got five runs in the top half of the first inning in this game. Here's Gibbons' pitch. High and off the glove of Sankey and back to the screen, and moving on to second on the wild pitch is Bobby Fowle. The Mets have a runner at second now. Nobody out. 
Count to Jones, it's 2-0. Oh. All right, champ, he waits on deck. Files takes his lead at second. Joe Gibbons sets up checks and deals. And here's a swing, and it's a fly ball out to right center. And coming in is Clemente to make the catch and foul holes at second base. Leon Jones going out to Clemente in right center. One away. Archavsky's coming up. He's been up twice, been on base both times. He walks and single to drive in a run. Met seven. Howard's two. Single game here tomorrow afternoon. We'll be on the air at 2.10 p.m. New York time to bring you that one. We'll be on the air at 1.30 on Sunday afternoon. Inside for a ball. And that's will be at Shea Stadium in New York against the Chicago Cubs. Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon. You're a fellow who likes to get out to the ballpark in the daytime. In the summer afternoons, this is your chance. Two big afternoon games, Tuesday and Thursday. Swinging a ground ball. It's going into right field for a base hit. Bobby Fowle is coming around. He's coming to score. And there's the throw. And he is out at the plate. He's out at the plate trying to score from third. As the throw is from Roberto Clemente. And Gansky went on to second on the third of the plate. They'll make it a base hit for Chansky. Moves the second on the throw, and Bobby Fowle goes out from Roberto Clemente to Manny Sanguilla. Bobby Fowle got a green light from Coach Eddie Yost's third as he rounded third to try to score. He was coming on and was thrown out at the plate attempting to score. Two away. Wayne Garrett's up. Runner at second, two men out. Garrett had a base hit, and he grounded out. He's one for two. That pitch is low for a ball. One and over to Wayne Garrett. That's leading seven to two. We're in the top of the fourth. Gibbon steps off the rubber. Garrett relaxes at the plate. Now the pitch, and it's low for a ball. Count of 2-0 and oh to Wayne Garrett. Garrett waits, and the pitch is thrown it on the ground towards second. Martinez up with it on the rim of the outfield grass, throws the first in time, and the side is out. So the Mets got no runs. They had two hits. There were no errors and two left. In the middle of the fourth inning, the score is the Mets seven and the Pirates two. Hi, this is Greg Morris of Mission Impossible with an important question for young men. Do you know where you're going? Have you considered the Coast Guard? The United States Coast Guard builds well-rounded men, experts in a variety of fields, men with eyes on the future. At the United States Coast Guard Academy, you'll receive the finest education and military training bachelor of science degree and the commission in the united states coast guard if you have the ability to take command the coast guard is interested in you at the academy you can concentrate on engineering management or oceanography 
Your training and education will encompass every facet of the Coast Guard's humanitarian mission. If you have what it takes, take a career in the Coast Guard. For brochure and application form, write to the Director of Admissions, Coast Guard Academy, New London, Connecticut. That's the Director of Admissions, Coast Guard Academy, New London, Connecticut. is up now to lead off. He's a right-hand batter facing right-hand pitcher Don Cardwell who's been in all the way for the Mets. Here's a swing and a drive in the left field. Cleon Jones retreats and makes the catch of the line shot. Cleon went right to the edge of the warning track. One away and Jose Martinez will be the batter. He's been up one time and he grounded out second to first. He is playing second base in this game. Bill Mazeroski played second base in the first game but Maz is hobbled a little bit by a full hamstring. So he's being rested in the second game. Cardwell delivers and the pitch is low and away for a ball. Martinez shortened up his throw to bunt. That brought Bobby File on a step or two at third base. Wayne Garrett's playing second base now. Is at third, Garrett at second, Weiss is the shortstop, Crane pulls at first. Here's a pitch missing outside. 2 0 the count to Jose Martinez. Pitch is inside for a ball. Cardwell goes behind now, 3 0. Let's start of the day, seven and one half games back of the division-leading Chicago Cubs. Mets gained a half game by winning the first game here today, 11 to six. Cubs are playing a singleton in St. Louis. That pitches in for a call strike. Cubs have a one-run lead in that one midway of the fourth inning. Here's a pitch high, and Jose Martinez gets rid of the bat, goes down to first. That's the third walk issued by Cardwell. Brings up little Freddie Pontek, who homered over the left field wall here at Forbes Field in the second inning. Back of the division-leading Chicago Cubs. Mets gained a half game by winning the first game here today, 11-6. Cubs are playing a singleton in St. Louis. That pitch is in for a call strike. Cubs have a one-run lead in that one midway of the fourth inning. Here's a pitch high, and Jose Martinez gets rid of the bat, goes down to first. That's the third walk issued by Cardwell. Brings up little Freddie Pontek, who homered over the left field wall here at Forbes Field in the second inning. The Mets have now won 43 games this year. They've lost 34. The first game the Mets ever won was here at Forbes Field. It was on April 23rd, 1962, and the winning pitcher was Jay Hook. The score was 9-1. to It broke a Mets nine-game losing streak from the start of the season. Tom Sturdivant started and took the loss for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's in for a call strike. 
One man out, runner at first. The Mets leading 7-2, and this is the second game of the doubleheader. This pitch is low, and Pontek shortened up his other butt. Carl Taylor is on deck to bat for Joe Gibbon. And Lou Maroney is loosening up again down there in the bullpen, the left-hander who worked in the first game. Swinging a foul ball back and out of play. The count is one ball and two strikes to Freddie Pontek. Gene Alley played shortstop in the first game here today. Pittsburgh Pirates have now won 38 games and lost 41. Cardwell checks. Here's the pitch. Low and away. Thought he might get a call on that pitch. Counts two and two. There's a swing and a ground ball. Hammond is short. Wise up with it. He goes over to Garrett to throw on the first. It's not in time. Pontek beats the relay. But the force on the lead runner, Jose Martinez, went from Al Weiss to Wayne Garrett. Now Carl Taylor bats for Joe Gibbon. Taylor's hitting 344. He has two homers and 14 runs batted in. He's the right hand batter. Lou Maroney throwing in the bullpen. Pontac takes his lead at first base. Cardwell pitches in there for a call strike. Matty Alou is now on deck. First game here today, Matty Alou had two hits and Cleon Jones had three. As they're locked in a race for the National League batting title. This pitch is low and away. One and one now to Taylor. There's a swing and a ground ball to short. Taken there by White. He goes to Garrett for the force that retires the side. That's Carl Taylor grounded into the force play. It's no runs, no hits, no errors. A walk and one left. At the end of four full innings of play, the score is the Mets seven, the Pirates two. How did you make out this past winter? Did it cost you more than you had expected to keep warm this season? If it did, it might have been one of two things that proved costly for you. One, every fuel oil is not the same, and clean, fast-burning fuel oil is important to you, not only for the maximum heat, but for the best efficiency of your heating system. And two, perhaps your furnace or heating system needs cleaning. The Adirondack Oil Service on Maple Avenue can help you with both of those problems. First, when you call on the Adirondack Oil Service, you'll receive prompt service from their radio dispatch trucks, and they will deliver the finest fuel oil that money can buy. And if a dirty burner is your problem, Adirondack Oil Service can handle that problem, too. 
Now is the ideal time to have your burner cleaned and adjusted so that your heating system will operate at its maximum efficiency and economy next season. Don't wait until you need your furnace operating full-time. Call the Adirondack Oil Service on Maple Avenue in Saratoga now at 584-2045. Didn't do the pitching now, making his ninth appearance. He worked in the first game here today for an inning in which he was reached for two runs on one hit. As he warms up, we pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. This is New York Mets Baseball, 102.3 on your FM dial in Saratoga Springs, New York, WKAJ. This is Lindsey Nelson with Bob Murphy and Ralph Kanter at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Ed Cranville is up to lead off. Now left-hand batter facing left-hand pitcher Lou Maroney. Joe Gibbon worked two and a third, charged with one run on four hits, struck out and unwalked none. Here's the pitch to Craneville, and it's low for a ball. Craneville walked with the bases loaded to drive in a run in the first inning, and he grounded out second to first in the third inning. Maroney with a pitch. Hits in front of the plate. Curveball. 2-0. and Here, the St. Louis Cardinals got a run in the bottom half of the fourth inning. At the end of the four, it's the Cardinals won, the Cubs won. Ferguson Jenkins against... Bob Gibson. Two old pitch to Craneville. Swung on foul back. It's two and one. And the Yankees beat the Cleveland Indians five to four in the first game as Fritz Peterson got the win and Dick Ellsworth took the loss and Chuck Hinton had a homer and the six with one on. His first of the season for Cleveland. They have another yet to play in New York. Mets won the first game here today, 11-6. They're leading in this one 7-2. Craneville swings and pops it up off the line at third. Pagan goes to the field box as it's out of play. So make it a 2-2 count now to Ed Craneville. It's overcast at this moment here in Pittsburgh. In case you've joined us along the way, the first game began at 10.30 this morning, at 10.35 more accurately. We were on the air at 10.30. There's a swing and a ground ball to second. Martinez gets a big hop, and he plays to Willie Stargell. In time, one away. For the finest products on the road, drive into Sitco. It's a nice place to visit. J.C. Martin's coming up. Single to drive in a run and had a home run. Two for two and two RBIs. Pitch to the left-hand batter, and it's low for a ball. J.C. Martin's homer came off a left-hand pitcher. Off Joe Gibbon in the third inning. It's 2-0 now to Martin. Now the pitch. Swung on, hit in the air to left center field, and Al Oliver moves over and back. He's there, and he makes the catch. So there's two men out, and that'll bring up Al Weiss. He's doubled and tripled in this ballgame. He tripled with the bases loaded all the way out to the iron gate in right center field with the most power he's shown this year, or maybe any year. 
Triple to drive in three and clear the races in the first inning, and then he doubled in the third inning. Al White, the Mets shortstop, right-hand batter. Ronnie's pitches it high into the air and short right field. Clemente comes in, but Martinez goes out and calls and makes the cut. That is out in order with no runs, no hits, no errors, and none left. In the middle of the fifth, the score is the Mets 7 and the Pirates 2. Hi, this is Bob Walton at Walton Sports Shop, urging you to stop in and see us when you need camping equipment. Now that vacation time is here, have you found that in checking over your equipment that you need something additional? Then stop in and see the wide selection we have to offer. Walton's carries pack frames, canteens, and mess kits. If this is your first year of tenting, then be sure that you see Walton's for all styles of tents, air mattresses, and Coleman stoves and lanterns. Walton's carries a full line of famous name sleeping bags. Of course, at Walton's, hunters can find everything in one convenient location. Guns, ammunition, and hand-loading equipment. And rifle scopes to make those long shots sure and safer. For the golfers, be sure to visit Walton's Par 3 room where you'll find a complete line of golf equipment. Shoes, clubs, bags, carts, and a rainproof jacket for just $9.95. A complete line of equipment for all sports is what you'll find at Walton Sports Shop, Lake Avenue in Saratoga, where sportsmen cater to sportsmen. The Chicago Cubs did not score in the top of the fifth. Going to the bottom of the fifth, it's the Cubs one and the Cardinals one. A 1-1 tie going to the bottom of the fifth. Top of the batting order, Matty Alou is up now to lead off for the Pittsburgh Pirates. In the bottom of the fifth here at Forbes Field, Don Cardwell with a pitch. It's foul back and out of play. Lewis slide to center and slide to right and his two trips up to the plate in this game. Misses outside for a ball. So it's one and one. Jones is batting 354 at the moment, and Alou is batting 353. They're only a point apart. Cardwell delivers, and the pitch is outside for a ball. Two and one. At the end of two innings, Detroit leads Baltimore four to nothing. In the first game of a doubleheader at Detroit, and at that point, time has been called because of rain in Detroit, Michigan, on the 4th of July. Spoiled the picnic. Swinging a ground ball by the third baseman, Bobby Fowle, on out into left field for a base hit for Matty Alou. So Alou delivers his first hit of this game. Against the bunting possibility, Bobby Fowle, the third baseman, was on the infield grass, and that was slammed just past him. So now Manny Songian comes up. He has doubled and grounded out. He's a right-hand batting catcher. That was hit number six for the Pirates off Cardwell. Metzger leading in the game 7-2. Here's a swing and a foul ball to the right side. Out of play. and Alou are now even. Matty Alou picked up one point with that base hit. He and Jones are tied with marks of 354. 
There's a swing and a high pop off the bat of Song Gian. Now Tori Short. Al Weiss moves over and calls and makes the catch of the Major League Pop. So there's one away, and that will bring up Willie Sargent. Willie triple the drive and a run, and singly two for two. In the first game, he hit one on the roof. During his career, he has hit three balls up on the roof in right field. Eddie Matthews hit two up there. Bob Skinner hit two up there. And who hit the first one up there, Babe Ruth in 1935 on May 25th. Playing a ground ball to the right side. Cranefield has it. He's going to go to the back unassisted for the second out. Matty Alou moves to second. So, there's two men out, and Roberto Clemente will be coming up now. He is one for two. He's a right-hand batter who has four times won the batting championship of the National League. Pirates are batting here in the bottom of the fifth, second game of a July 4th doubleheader. Hardwell sets up and checks the Lewis second. Here's the pitch to Clemente. Check swing, looper, foul, back to first. It's out of play. No chance for anyone to get over for a play on it. It's strike one to Clemente. Work is in progress on Three River Three River Stadium, the new stadium here in Pittsburgh, down at the side of Old Exposition Park. Here are the downtown area, just across from the Golden Triangle area of Pittsburgh. Pictures outside. It'll be an easy walk from downtown Pittsburgh to the new stadium when it is completed. Close observers doubt that it will be ready for the start of next season. They hope it will. But it's difficult to tell about the finishing date of the city. There are so many variable factors. Work stoppages, availability of materials. Here's a pitch, and it's blown away for a ball. Two and one. The shell of the new stadium is up, and it's clearly visible from the hotel where the Mets are staying, where they have stayed during their years in the National League. This property in the stadium is owned by the University of Pittsburgh. Playing a foul ball to the right side out of play. So it's expected that university buildings will be constructed here. This park was opened on the 30th of June, 1909. It is not the oldest park presently being used in the major leagues, but it's the second oldest. Connie Mack Stadium. Sky Park in Philadelphia was opened in April of that same year, 1909. Recently, they had a big 60th birthday celebration here at Forbes Field for this ballpark. Had it on June 30th, appropriately enough. Here's a pitch. 
swung on. Foul back and out of play. Belenze threw his bat at that ball. He'll do that from time to time. He figures the strike zone is anything he can reach with the bat holding it or throwing it. Two and two is the count. And as one would expect, a lot of baseball history has been written here at Forbes Field. Which has been the home of the Pirates through all those years. Pirates got their name, by the way, back in 1880 before this ballpark was built. Cardwell steps off the rubber. Now again, Cardwell checks, and here's the pitch. Swung on and hit in the air to center field. A.G. is coming up. Garrett's going out, and A.G.'s there to make the catch. So the side is retired. It's no runs, a hit, no errors, and one left. At the end of five full innings of play, the score is the Mets 7, the Pirates 2. This is Pat Boone for Vista, Volunteers in Service to America, a group of Americans of all ages and all colors interested in a better America. A Vista volunteer believes in change not with rocks or tear gas, but with education, progress, and a helping hand. My friend Dr. Billy Graham called Vista Volunteers a group dedicated to a better America through human respect, dignity, and pride. They help poor Americans to help themselves, not a handout, but a heart out. Vista pays its volunteers poverty wages, $50 a month, so you know that they're dedicated people. If you think you have what it takes to change this world in a peaceful, deliberate, careful way... If you're interested in helping less fortunate Americans to help themselves, then why don't you find out about Vista? Write V-I-S-T-A, Box A, Washington, D.C. V-I-S-T-A, Box A, Washington, D.C. Five innings of play in the second game of this doubleheader. It's the New York Mets, seven runs on ten hits, and the Pittsburgh Pirates, two runs on six hits. Don Cardwell will lead off for the Mets in the top half of the sixth inning. Lou Maroney is the pitcher currently on the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They started with Doc Ellis, who lasted one and two thirds. Joe Gibbon pitched two and a third, now Lou Maroney. Cardwell's been up twice. He's been a strikeout victim on each occasion. Maroney takes the sign. Here's the pitch. In for a call strike. Again the pitch to Don Cardwell. Swung on and missed. Count of two strikes. Tommy Agee's on deck. This is a breaking pitch. Goes high, and it's one and two. Here's a swing and a miss, and Cardwell is a strikeout victim for the third time today. A 
That'll bring up Tommy Agee. The combined Pirates pitchers in this game have a combined total of three strikeouts. Don Cardwell three times. Here is a pitch that comes in as Agee stepped back out of the batter's box. Paul Pryor apparently called no pitch. St. Louis didn't score in the bottom of the fifth. At the end of five, the Cubs won, the Cardinals won. A single game in St. Louis, Missouri. Here's a pitch in for a call strike to Tommy Agee. Agee is two for three. He had five straight hits his last three times in the first game and his first two times in this one. Here's a swing and a fly ball to right field that Roberto Clemente is lining up. He's there and he makes the catch. Two away, Bobby File is the batter. He's been up one time and he lined a single to right. And the entire 60-plus years in which this ballpark has been used as a major league domain, there has never been a no-hitter pitched here. The longest the pitcher's ever gone, seven and two-thirds innings. Bob Moose of the Pittsburgh Pirates last year. In for a call strike. Before that, Al Jackson of the New York Mets, seven and one-third. Before that, Carl Hubble of the New York Giants, seven and one-third. Swing and a soft liner into the glove of Sargell at first for the out. So it's no runs, no hits, no errors, and none left. In the middle of the sixth inning, the score is the Mets 7, the Pirates 2. You know, unfair housing isn't unfair. It's illegal. This is Chico Hamilton. If anybody has refused to rent or sell you a house or an apartment because you were black, yellow, Puerto Rican, Jewish, or whatever, they're breaking the law. That is, they're breaking the Fair Housing Law of 1968. What you can do is write to Fair Housing, Washington, D.C., zip code 20410, and complain, and they'll do something. When the law says anybody can live anywhere, the law means exactly that, anywhere baby. I mean, but anywhere. So, right to Fair Housing, Washington, D.C., zip code 20410. In the bottom of the sixth, it's Al Oliver to lead off for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He has walked and grounded into a first place so far, left-hand batter. Facing Don Cardwell, who has been in all the way for the Mets. The Mets won the first game of this holiday doubleheader by a score of 11 to 6. And they're leading in this the second game by a score of 7 to 2. His swing and a ground ball to first, Cranepool has it. Placed to Cardwell, covering first in time to get Al Oliver. There's one away, and Jose Pagan is coming up. Ride to right and line to left. Pagan did not start the game at third base. Rich Hebner did, but before Hebner came up in the first inning, Pagan replaced him. Pagan batted for him, as a matter of fact, that first time around after Hebner had played third during the top half of the inning. 
Governor earlier in the day had complained of not feeling well. Hardwell's pitch. Swung on it on the ground to short. Weiss is over. Gets a big hop. Plays to Craneville. The ground is out. Two away. Nobody on base. And now Jose Martinez. He is grounded out and walked. Martinez, a right-hand batter. This pitch is in for a call strike. Speaking of the fact that there's never been a no-hitter pitched here in the 60 years that this has been a major league park, there are all sorts of discussions about it. It's a big ballpark, and you'd think that that would be a great advantage for a pitcher. Here's a pitch low. However, the hitting background is excellent here. The walls are ivy covered. There are no signs. And beyond that in the park, green foliage so that there's nothing to distract the batter. And that's advanced by some as a reason for the fact that there's never been a no-hitter. Regardless, it's a tremendous coincidence if that's what it is. Wouldn't it be strange if one were pitched on the last day that this is used as a major league park? Pitches fronted on and missed by Martinez. One and two. There's no accounting for some of the things that happen in baseball. In the National League, in 1880, there were perfect games pitched five days apart. Within a span of five days, there were two perfect games. And there was not another one until 1964. And Jim Bunnings threw it for the Phils against the Mets at Shea Stadium. Here's a swing and a foul ball off to the right side out of play. Count holds at one and two. Jose Martinez. Cardwell takes off his cap to mop a little perspiration. Now he gets ready again. It's a muggy day in Pittsburgh. That's low and away for a ball. Two men out, nobody on base. The Mets are leading by a score of seven to two. Two balls, two strikes to count. Powers batting in the bottom of the sixth. Swing and a foul ball. It's out of play. Paul Pryor, the umpire behind the plate, moves around to retrieve the ball. In both games of the seven-letter, the umpire behind the plate has worked in a white shirt without the conventional dark jacket. A ball bag attached to his belt since there are no jacket pockets in which to hold the baseball. Here's a swing and a fly ball to center field. And A.G. ranges back at temperature. There's a lot of room out there. He makes the catch. Crowds out in order. No runs, no hits, no errors, none left. The end of six full innings of play, the score is the Mets seven, the Pirates two. Whether you're looking for a hot or a cold sandwich or a complete dinner, make Pinellas Restaurant on Jefferson Street your headquarters for the finest in Italian or American dishes. At Pinellas, food and cocktails are served daily from 5 p.m. on. They're closed on Sundays. 
Choose from Pinal's wide selection on their dinner menu, and they always have those famous steak sandwiches. Many people in the area find Pinal's restaurant the ideal stopping-off place after the races. It's just 400 yards from the new grandstand entrance on Jefferson Street. Each day, Pinal's restaurant has a different special, and Pinal's is the type of place where you can just relax in their informal atmosphere. Reservations are not necessary, and there's always plenty of free parking. Italian or American dishes, choose your favorite and enjoy the wonderful cuisine at Pinal's Restaurant, Jefferson Street, Saratoga Springs. Why not stop by at Pinal's Restaurant tonight? the seventh inning at Forbes Field, New York leading Pittsburgh by a score of 7-2. The Mets won the opener behind Tom Seaver, 11-6. At St. Louis, batting in the last of the sixth inning, Cubs won, Cardinals won. Cleon Jones, 0-3. Cleon and Matty Alou are now in a flat-footed tie for the National League batting lead. Cleon had three hits in the first game, but has been stopped so far in the nightcap. He fouls it upstairs out of play. Leon and Matty Alou are both hitting 354 at the moment. Lou Maroney, the left-hander, fires and it's foul back into the crowd. No play. Maroney appeared in relief in the opening game. He gave up one hit, but that one hit was a two-run homer by Tommy Agee. Shamsky on deck, then Wayne Garrett here in the top half of the seventh. Now Maroney winds. Here's the pitch on the way. Way inside, and Cleon, I believe, may have been grazed by it. He was, and Jones goes to first base, hit by a pitch ball. Art Shamsky has a perfect game working. Art has reached on a walk and twice single to right field. He has driven a run in. Chamsky was two for two, raising his batting average to 335. In the seventh inning at Fenway, Washington got three to go ahead of the Red Sox, four to one after six and a half. Now Maroney's pitch is over at the outside corner, strike one call. Mets conceivably could gain a game and a half on the Cubs today if the Cardinals can win and if the Mets can win too. Breaking ball, low and outside. At the end of six, the Cubs won and the Cardinals won a mound duel between Ferguson Jenkins and Bob Gibson. There goes the runner and a foul ball hit back toward our broadcasting booth and out of play. It's one ball, two strikes. The foul ball off Shamsky's bat just missed the color TV camera operating behind the plate. In San Francisco, Bobby Bonds has homered for the second time in the game to tie up the ball game. Ground ball knocked down by Joe Gibbons, and he throws the first in time to get Shamsky. 
I said Joe Gibbon. I beg your pardon, Lou Maroney. One wears 19 and the other 29. Lost his shot at the double play when he failed to feel the ball clean and had to settle for the out at first base. One out and one on in the seventh, and now the hitter is Wayne Garrett. The Braves and Giants now tied in the last of the eighth inning, 3-3 in their first game at San Francisco. Fastball over the outside corner, strike one call. Last year, Lou Maroney pitched at Salem, Oregon. He was pitching at York, Pennsylvania until brought up about a month ago by Pittsburgh. 5'10", 185-pound left-hander. Leon Jones on second. And a ground ball bounced on the right side, handled by Jose Martinez. And he throws to Stargell, two men down. Crossing over to third, Cleon Jones. with the bases loaded in the first inning, driving in a run. And since then, has grounded out twice to second base. Neither Cranepool nor Clendenin 100% physically right now. Eddie's back has been bothering him, and Clendenin bothered by leg cramps. Ground ball on the right side of the infield, a big hop for Martinez, and a peg to Stargell to miss her out in the seventh. No runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. The end of six and one half innings. The New York Mets seven and the Pittsburgh Pirates two. The Mets are home at Shea on Monday night for the Mayor's Benefit game against the New York Yankees, the annual Mayor's Trophy game. Why don't you plan to catch a couple of day games next week? The Mets and Cubs are playing two day games and a night game. The series will open with an afternoon game on Tuesday with Jerry Kuzman on the mound. Kyle Seaver pitches the Wednesday night game, and Gary Gentry will be on the mound Thursday afternoon at Shea Stadium. Then next Friday night, the Montreal Expos start a weekend series. The game on Saturday will be at 4.05 p.m. And on Sunday, one week from this Sunday, July 13th, the Mets and the Montreal Expos in a doubleheader. So this is the eighth doubleheader of the year, and the ninth will be a Shea between the Mets and the Expos. Tickets are on sale at the advanced sale window at Shea Stadium seven days a week. Remember, too, that you can buy your actual seat ticket at any of the 147 branches of the Manufacturers Hanover Trust Company Bank. That covers the five boroughs, Westchester and Nassau. And for Mets fans in Suffolk County, again this year, the Mets have a ticket booth at Macy's at the Walt Whitman Shopping Center in Huntington. Little Freddie Patek is the batter facing Cardwell in the last of the seventh inning. One for two, all run. Over the inside corner is Greg Watt. Now Cardi has his sign. Here's the pitch on the way. Bunted foul. No play for J.C. Martin. That bunt carries all the way back to the field boxes. Now Cardwell with a two-strike count on Freddie Ponson. 
Tom Cardwell gave up five hits in the first three innings. But over the last three, has allowed only one hit. A little bit high, and Pontek takes one ball, two strikes. Freddie Pontek stands 5'4". He weighs 165 pounds. His home run was at well over 400 feet. Hit high into the air, a fly ball to right center. Shansky meandering over his under it, and he puts it away for the out. Now Gary Kolb, K-O-L-B, is coming out as a pinch hitter. And before he steps in, we step out for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. This is New York Mets Baseball on WKJ-FM 102.3 in Saratoga Springs, New York. Bob Murphy with Ralph Kainer and Lindsey Nelson were in the seventh inning in Pittsburgh. And Gary Cole hits a high fly ball deep to right center. Way back, Tommy Agee. And Agee gathers it in on the warning track in deep right center field. Well, that fly ball was caught about 420 feet from home plate. Two outs, nobody on in the Pirates' seventh inning. Matty Alou, the leadoff batter, coming up. Pittsburgh will have a new pitcher in the ballgame. When we go to the eighth inning. Chuck Hartenstein is warming up. Matty Alou, one for three. He's batting 354. And he takes outside, ball one. At the moment, Matty Alou and Cleon Jones are in a flat-footed tie for the National League batting lead. Joe Hodge is getting Jack DeLauro up in the bullpen now. At a fastball that's over, one ball, one strike. Cardwell has gotten better as the ball game has gone along. The 1-1 delivery, hit on the ground, down the third, fielded by Bobby File. He throws the first, they get Matty Alou, and the side is out. And Cardwell has now retired nine consecutive hitters. In the last of the seventh, no runs, no hits, no errors, and none left. At the end of seven, the New York Mets seven, and the Pittsburgh Pirates two. The finest in Italian cuisine and a wide array of steaks, chops, and seafood await your dining pleasure at Mangino's Restaurant, located in the south end of Saratoga Lake. But there's a big difference between just ordinary Italian or American cuisine and Mangino's fine foods. At Mangino's, your order is never prepared hours before. Mangino's realize that good food cannot be hurried, and they ask you to give them a little time to prepare it properly. All dishes are prepared to your order when your order is placed, never simmering away for hours or minutes in the kitchen. And that's the big difference at Mangino's. Why not enjoy eating Italian food the way it should be savored? And done at Mangino's Restaurant, located in the south end of Saratoga Lake at Route 9P, just two miles from Route 9. A complete line of Italian specialties are served to tempt the palate, and their steaks and chops and seafood are equally as delightful. If you're planning a banquet or party for up to 75 people, call Mangino's for their special party menu. They'll be happy to give you complete details. That's Mangino's Restaurant, the home of truly fine foods, Route 9P, the south end of Saratoga Lake. 
Hartenstein is in the pitch now for the Pirates as we go to the eighth inning. He worked two and one-third, allowed no runs, two hits in the first game. Lou Maroney did a good job during his stay in the ball game. He pitched three in the inning. Lou Maroney in three, allowed no runs, no hits, walked none, struck out one. J.C. Martin has singled a run in and hit a home run in three times at bat. Lined hard toward the left field line, racing for it, Al Oliver, and he makes a one-handed grab. Left fielder Oliver caught that one on the dead run. Say, so how'd you like to win a color TV set and maybe a lucky bonus of $1,000 or more? You can, in Royal Crown Colas, win with a Met sweepstakes. Details wherever RC is sold. No purchase necessary. Al Rice takes the sidearm pass ball on the inside corner, a call strike. In the doubleheader, Al Rice has five hits in eight times at bat and five runs batted in. Now it's inside of the field line, racing for it, Al Oliver, and he makes a one-handed grab. Left fielder Oliver caught that one on the dead run. Say, how'd you like to win a color TV set and maybe a lucky bonus of $1,000 or more? You can, in Royal Crown Colas, win with a Met sweepstakes. Details wherever RC is sold. No purchase necessary. Al Rice takes the sidearm fastball on the inside corner, a call strike. In the doubleheader, Al Rice has five hits and eight times at bat, and five runs batted in. Now it's inside of the knees, one ball, one strike. Ron Sloboda has come out on deck to hit for Don Cardwell, and Jack DeLauro is warming up in the bullpen. Now a swing and a miss on a curveball. Hot, humid day, and manager Gil Hodges perhaps feels that Don Cardwell has pissed enough and is getting armory. Although Cardwell retired the last nine men to face him. Low and outside, but this is the kind of a day that is awfully difficult to go nine. One out and nobody on. The Mets sitting in the eighth inning. Squibbler foul, no play, it's two and two. An afternoon game tomorrow will be on with a 2-15 ball game. Side-armed, fouled off again by Al White. Al drove in two runs with a double in the first game and in the first inning of this game with the bases loaded. He hit a long triple to right center field to clear the bases. Two delivery, round ball hit down to third, a big hop taken by Pagan, and across the diamond now to Willie Starship. Two men away, and now Ron Swoboda will hit for Don Cardwell. Number four, 
Jack DeLauro is in the bullpen. Ron Svoboda is hitting for Dan Cardwell. Low and outside is ball one. Ron hitting 215. Cardwell allowed two runs, six base hits. Got better as the game went along. Now it's inside and low, ball two, two and nothing. Cardwell gave up five hits the first three innings and only one after that. Now it's low outside, ball three, three and oh. delivery by Hartenstein. A ground ball hit down to third. Handled by Pagan. The long throw is in time for the out. Jill Hodge just gave Ron the green light to hit the 3-0 delivery to try and help him get out of his batting slump, and Ron did hit the ball hard. The Mets are out in their half of the eighth inning with no runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. Mets now had four hitless innings in a row. At the end of seven and one half innings, the New York Mets seven and the Pittsburgh Pirates two. Specialty cars located on Ridge Road Northville on Sacandaga Reservoir invite you to take off in a Dearborn deserter sport buggy. You've seen them on TV, the go-anywhere buggy that's a boon to hunters, fishermen, outdoorsmen, and summer fun people. John Coffin of Specialty Cars invite you to call him at 925-8513, and he'll give you all the details on the Dearborn deserter sport buggy built from the ground up at Specialty Cars' own shop. The Dearborn Deserter Buggy takes you places others just can't get, through sand, gravel, and over the roughest terrain. The buggy can be fully enclosed and has a built-in heater for chilly days. Call Specialty Cars at Northville, 925-8513. Specialty Cars says we can turn your beetle into a buggy. Get in a swing for summertime fun. Call Specialty Cars at Northville, 925-8513. Specialty Cars, Ridge Road, Northville, on Sacandaga Reservoir, Custom builders of the Dearborn Deserters Sport Buggies. Last of the eighth inning, and Jack DeLaro takes over the pitching for the New York Mets. Don Cardwell, working seven innings, but allowed two runs, just six base hits. Walked two and struck out one. As we mentioned, Cardi struggled in the first three. He allowed two runs and five hits, and over the last four innings, Cardwell was on the mound. He allowed no runs and only one base hit. So now Jack DeLauro makes his eighth appearance of the year. When he joined the Mets, his first three outings were all in relief. He since then has had four starts in a row and now goes back to relieving. Manny Sanguian, the catcher, hitting second in the order, a right-hand batter is up against DeLauro. And he bounced on the third base line. We're going to let it roll, and it's a base hit. It's right over the back. Sanguian is on with a bunk single. He can't bunt a ball any straighter than that. Bobby foul. Felt he had only one chance. That was to see if it would roll foul. It wouldn't do it. They're on the eighth inning in St. Louis. The Cubs won and the Cardinals won. Jenkins against Gibson. The Braves and Giants go 3-3 to the ninth inning. They're underway at Dodger Stadium. Tony Cloninger against Claude Osteen. The Reds did not score in the first.
second game at Yankee Stadium now underway. Cleveland scored us in the first. Juan Bizarro against Bill Burback. Yankees won the opener 5-4. Peterson the winner. Ellsworth the loser. Washington 4. The Red Sox won. Last of the eighth of Boston in the first game. And in the first game at Detroit, the Tigers lead the Orioles 4-0 after two innings. Well, here's where he starts. So he's throwing the ball up all day long. Outside, ball one. Sargil has four hits in six times at bat. He has a single, a double, a triple, and a home run. Towering fly ball, playable, and rather deep center, backing up Tommy Agee. Tommy's drawing a beat on it, and he makes the catch. Sanguian draws a throw. Tommy Sanguian is really a bundle of energy. He is quick behind the plate. It would be hard to believe that he would tag up and try to go to second five runs behind, so he was merely bluffing. Now the hitter is Flamini. Roberto has one for three. Flamini had three for five in the opener. He looks it over, and Delaro's pitch swings low, ball one. Seattle and Kansas City tied 1-1 at the end of five and a half in their opener. Cornered back from the down the third baseline. Five picks it up, throws, out in time. Two bunts, one by Sanguin and the other by Cometti. If you would take the ball out there and place it down there on purpose, you couldn't do it any better. Can't imagine running a ball any straighter, can you? Both of them were right down the line, both fair by about six inches to a foot, and perfect. Bobby Fowle must be saying to himself right now, these major leaguers really can bunt. Brian Taylor gets up in the bullpen. The hitter is Al Oliver. Mets leading 7-2, last of the eighth inning. Swing and a miss on a curve, strike one. Jose Pagan, the on-deck batter. New York, seven runs on ten hits. Pittsburgh, two runs on eight hits. They have two bunt singles here in the eighth. With one away, DeLau delivers a liner foul. Deep down the line, and into the stand. Right here, a very important batter because if Oliver can hit it out of here, they can get back in the ball game. So you're down to a man that you really need right here. Oliver, a left-hand batter, a two-strike shot. Ground ball, bounce to second base, taken by Garrett. The Whites, they have one, not a first. That's two, and retires the side. A 4-6-3 double play started by Wayne Garrett. So the Mets make the big play in the field, and the side is out. No runs, two hits, no errors, and one left on. At the end of eight innings, the New York Mets seven and the Pittsburgh Pirates two. 
nuclear war, millions of lives would depend on immediate and essential information from government. That's why the emergency broadcast system was developed. It provides the president and the federal government, as well as your state and local authorities, with a means of quick communications with the general public. In event of an attack, normal radio and television programming will immediately be discontinued, and only designated emergency broadcast stations will continue in operation. At that time, you would be instructed to tune to one of your area radio stations for official information and civil defense instructions. The emergency broadcast station serving your vicinity would easily be found by simply dialing around on your standard radio band. For while there would be no broadcast of station call letters during an emergency, repeated area identifications would be given with emergency information and civil defense instructions for your particular area. In the ninth inning at San Francisco, Atlanta scored twice. So the Braves lead the Giants 5-3, to three, going to the last half of the ninth inning in the opener. The Reds and Dodgers no score at the end of one. And here in Pittsburgh, we go to the ninth inning in the second game of the doubleheader. The Mets won the opener 11-6, and they lead 7-2 in the nightcap. Mets are bidding for their fourth doubleheader sweep of the year. Ground ball, whacked to short by Tommy Agee, taken by Pontek. And the throw across to Oliver retires Tommy Agee. Tommy, three for five in the first game and two for five in the nightcap, five for ten in the doubleheader. Bobby File, one for two, a single to right, and he lined out to first. File had two hits in the opener. Martin Stein's delivery over the outside corner, strike one call. Remember, an afternoon game tomorrow. We'll be on the air at 2.10 p.m. One ball, one strike. Jim McAndrew pitching tomorrow for the Mets. Presumably, Luke Walker for the Pirates. Now, swing and a miss. Larry Shepard, the Pirate manager, has been playing some mystery games as far as his pitchers are concerned. You're never really sure who will be pitching until the game starts. Uh, Danny Frisella has just arrived at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. Danny brought up from the Tidewater Club to bolster the pitching during the absence of Doug McGraw. Doug will be journeying to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina for his reserve stint with the United States Marine Corps. Pitching one and two. Pyle lets it go. It's two and two. Hardenstein working his second inning of relief. And a line drive into right field. Another base hit for Bobby Pyle. Clemente grabs it throws the first down in time. Clemente tried to throw him out on the base hit. That's a fifth play of Roberto's. He plays a rather shallow right in the short area in right field. He has a strong arm, and he'll charge a hard-hit base hit and try and throw the runner out at first base. They're in the last of the eighth inning in St. Louis. The Cardinals batting, and the game tied 1-1. Bobby File, four hits and eight times at bat of this doubleheader. 
Leon Jones, 0 for 3 in the nightcap. He had 3 for 6 in the first game. He needs the base hit. One ball and no strikes. He actually leads Matty Alou by one point. Pitch by Hartenstein, a breaking ball for a strike, one and one. Ninth inning, 7-2, the Mets lead. If the Mets sweep, they'll be 5-2 and two on this road trip with two games to go. And they will again be 10 games over 500. Now Cleon lets it go and it's outside, two balls and a strike. Hartenstein is the fourth pitcher. Well, Danny Frisella is in uniform and cutting across over into the best dugout. He'll be saying hello to all his old pals. The 2-1 delivery, swung on and missed. When a pitcher comes up with a sore arm, he has all kinds of sleepless nights, wondering whether it's ever going to be all right again or not. Frisella had a sore arm all through spring training. It came around about a month ago. He was 4-0 at Tidewater in the International League. Hardenstein with a count of 2-2 two and two on Cleon Jones. One out and one on ninth inning. Now Cleon asks for time and gets out. Hardenstein really taking time between the pitches. Sargil holds against the runner. Now the pitch. And a ground ball hit foul down toward Eddie Yost on the lines of third. Well, I guess Danny Priscilla got dressed just about in time to go back in the clubhouse and under it. It could be a fast game for him. At least we hope it will be. That's the kind of spirit you like to see, though. You call a player up. Flies in, gets the cab, comes right to the ballpark, jumps right in the uniform, and goes to the dugout to be ready. Now two and two on Cleon. Mr. Hartenstein's pitch is pulled foul on the ground back into the dugout. Coaching at first, Eddie Yost coaching at third. After a good hot day like this, and after a doubleheader, a good cold shower is going to feel good. Now Twiggy checks the runner and pitches. Sidearm low, outside, three and two. Hartenstein got the name Twiggy when he was with the Chicago Cubs, and all you have to do is take a look at him, and you know why. He is on the slender side. There goes Bobby Foul, and it's fouled off. So Bobby turns and heads back to first.
Same there, sitting in the last of the eighth inning in the ball game tied. The Cubs won and the Cardinals won. chance he might have had for foul at third. Probably very little. Foul was running on the pitch. So Cleon gets a base hit, his fourth of the afternoon. So Cleon with that single is hitting 356. And Matty Alou, 353. Runners on first and third, Shamsky the batter. A two-run homer by the Giants, Bob Berta, in the last of the ninth inning has tied up the Atlanta game. Five and five. Ground ball that is off the drive of Willie Sturgill. Shamsky racing for first base, and he makes it. Coming in to score, Bobby Fowle. It'll be scored a base hit. Hard ground ball hit by Shamsky, and near the bag, Sturgill got a glove on it, didn't hold it. It broke off Stargell's glove. It scored a base hit, so it gives Shamsky a base hit. His third and four times up, and a run batted in, his second RBI. And now the Mets lead 8-2. to two. Runners on first and second. Wayne Garrett has one for four. Full foul. Down the first baseline, no play. Well, the Mets had 11 runs on 16 hits in the first game, matching their previous high in both departments. But they now have 13 hits in this game. That's had 10 hits in the first four innings, no hits in the next four, and now they've picked up three in a row in the ninth inning. Garrett has a look at that side. First foul, Canton, the right-hander, getting ready now in the Pittsburgh bullpen. The on-deck hitter is Eddie Crane, Poole, and then J.C. Martin. Hit hard, but foul down the third baseline. One ball, two strikes on Wayne Garrett. Wayne hitting 272. Second hit of the game and driving a run in. 
Our Wayne Garrett is 19th RBI. And now the hitter is Eddie Cranville. And that's four hits in a row off Chuck Hartenstein. Eddie Cranville is 0 for 3. And he takes outside in low ball one. Eddie did draw a walk with the bases loaded in the first inning, driving in a rush. Ground ball, Howard to shortstop, Montek racing to the bag, now throws to first, in time for the double play, and the side is out. Top of the ninth inning, two runs, four hits, no errors, and one left. At the end of eight and one-half innings, the New York Mets nine, the Pittsburgh Pirates two. Now here's a word from Rangel. Can you imagine a beer without a head? Like an egg without a yolk. Bread without the crust. It's like pizza with no cheese. Beer is meant to have a head. And Rheingold is a beer that's meant to keep it. Rheingold Extra Dry is a beer with a 10-minute head. And when the head's still there, so is all the lively beer flavor. Flavor that's made Rheingold the Extra Dry Lager Beer since 1837. The proud Rheingold 10-minute head is your sign that this beer is made of the finest ingredients. Jack DeLauro pitching in relief of Don Cardwell, Jose Pagan to lead off. And a quick pause for station identification. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network. You're listening to New York Mets Baseball on WKJ-FM 102.3 in Saratoga Springs, New York. Bob Murphy with Ralph Kiner and Lindsey Nelson. Last of the night. New York in front, 9-2. to Rod Gaspar goes to left field. And a grounder hits foul by Pagan. No play. In the doubleheader, Cleon Jones had four hits and ten times at bat, a 400 average. He leads Matty Alou by three. A beautiful stop by Bobby Pyle and a hard shot. He gets to his feet, throws the first, Pagan is out. Ball all the way in the last of the night. The Cubs and Cardinals now go to the ninth inning, tied up one to one. The hitter is Jose Martinez, the second baseman. He has grounded out to third, walked and fly to center, nothing for two. He's hitting 275, he's a right-hand batter. Tomorrow's fastball is in. Strike one call. Airtime tomorrow at 2.10 p.m. in the third game of the four-game series. Now a slow curve. A strike called and a two-strike advantage for Jack DeLauro. It has been a booming day for the Mets bats. 
Ground ball right back to the mound. Delaro has it, and he throws the first two down. Must had 11 runs on 16 hits in the first game, and they have nine runs, 14 hits in this ball game. Patek is the batter with two down in the ninth inning. He has one for three. That was a home run. Accounting for one of the two pirate runs. Fastball over. Strike one call. Now the pitch to Patek, and he tries his curve at side side. One ball, one strike. Patek 5-4 cocks the bat off the right shoulder chokes up just a bit and bluffs with a bun and lets it go outside and low two balls one strike Jim McAndrew pitching tomorrow for the Mets for the Pirates we think it will be Luke Walker the 2-1 delivery. He bunched the ball. Off the mound comes DeLauro. He'll have to hurry. Throw is in time and the doubleheader is over. Jack DeLauro fielding the bunt and firing to Ed Cranville. That retires the Pirates in the last of the ninth inning and the Mets have swept their fourth doubleheader of the year. They now are 5-2 on this road trip. In the ninth, no runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. Final score, the New York Mets 9 and the Pittsburgh Pirates 2. And we'll be back with a recap in just one minute. The finest in Italian cuisine and a wide array of steaks, chops, and seafood await your dining pleasure at Mancino's Restaurant, located in the south end of Saratoga Lake. But there's a big difference between just ordinary Italian or American cuisine and Mangino's fine foods. At Mangino's, your order is never prepared hours before. Mangino's realize that good food cannot be hurried, and they ask you to give them a little time to prepare it properly. All dishes are prepared to your order when your order is placed, never simmering away for hours or minutes in the kitchen. And that's the big difference at Mangino's. Why not enjoy eating Italian food the way it should be savored? And done at Mangino's Restaurant, located in the south end of Saratoga Lake and Route 9B, just two miles from Route 9. A complete line of Italian specialties are served to tempt the palate, and their steaks and chops and seafood are equally as delightful. If you're planning a banquet or party for up to 75 people, call Mangino's for their special party menu. They'll be happy to give you complete details. That's Mangino's Restaurant, the home of truly fine foods, Route 9P, the south end of Saratoga Lake. Here at Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, the New York Mets have just swept the holiday doubleheader from the Pittsburgh Pirates, winning 11-6 and 9-2. And for the happy recap, here's Ralph. It was one of the most productive days for the Mets in their eight-year history as they came up with a total of 20 runs on 30 base hits in defeating the Pittsburgh Pirates in the doubleheader. As Bob Murphy told you earlier, the Mets now have won their fourth doubleheader of the year. They have lost one doubleheader. That was on this road trip to the St. Louis Cardinals, and they have split three in their overall effort. In the first ball game, it was all Tom Seaver. As Tom racked up his 13th win, he got 16 base hits to help him along, and his record now 13-3. Tom became the second 13-game winner in the major leagues, joining Phil Negro of the Atlanta Braves. Losing pitcher in the first game was Bob Beal. His record now 4-10. and 10. 
And Cal Coon's got to save his fifth of the year as he came in and worked one and one-third innings in relief with Tom Seaver on a very hot day. Tom now has won seven consecutive ball games for the Mets. It's a new Met record. The big blow in that first ball game was by Don Clendenin with the score tied at 2-2. Don doubled off the wire, high off the wire in right field on the right field fence. It broke the 2-2 tie, put the Mets in front by a score of 4-2. Later on, they added two more runs to make it 6-2. They got two in the eighth and a home run by Tommy Agee for Tommy his 12th of the season. And they added three more runs in the top of the ninth inning to close out the scoring on 11-6 win. In the second ball game, the big base hit was by Al White. In the first inning with Doc Ellis on the mound, Tommy Agee singled the center field. After two men were out, Art Chamsky worked out a walk in a 3-2 pitch. Wayne Garrett got an infield hit to load up the bases, and Ed Cranepool walked to force in a run. J.C. Martin got an infield base hit to drive in another. It was a 2-0 ball game when Al Weiss came up with the bases loaded. And Al unloaded the bases with a triple to right center field, and the Mets had a five-run first inning as they sent nine men to the plate. They added one more run in the second, another in the third, and picked up two more runs in the ninth inning. The scoring in the second ball game for the Pirates came in the first and second innings off Don Cardwell. Manny Sengin kept a 10-game inning streak alive as he doubled the left field. He scored when Willie Stargell tripled the center field. In the second inning, a home run by Freddie Pajak, his third of the season, gave the Pirates their final run. So the Mets won the doubleheader. The winning pitcher in the second game, Don Cardwell, his record now 3-8. Losing pitcher, Doc Ellis, his record 4-9. In the ball game, Jack DeLauro got a save. It was his first of the season. 17,631 paid here for the 4th of July doubleheader that saw the Mets crack out 13 big cannon crackers as they came up with the doubleheader win. Leon Jones retained his batting lead. He batted enough times to come up with a 358 average, having a total base hits in the overall day to keep him at 400, 4 for 10, and he now holds the lead over the center fielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Matty Alou. Line score of the ball game, the second game, the Mets nine runs, 14 hits, no errors. Six men left on base. Pittsburgh two runs, eight hits, no errors, and six men left on. New York Mets baseball has been a feature presentation of the New York Mets baseball network and Rheingold Extra Dry, the beer with a 10-minute head, and was brought to you by several local sports-minded businessmen. Hope you have enjoyed today's game by the staff of WKHA-FM 102.3 on your FM dial, who urge you to patronize the sponsors make these broadcasts possible. Remember, you can hear all the New York Mets games at home or away night and day on the FM Voice, WKAJ Radio in Saratoga Springs, New York. This is the New York Mets Baseball Network.
and Vicki Winston at the Club Circle extend a cordial invitation to join them for dining and relaxing in a country atmosphere on beautiful Lake Lonely. The Club Circle is located just out Crescent Avenue, past the raceway. The kitchen opened from 11 a.m. to 1 a.m., featuring their famous Club Circle clams, raw or steamed, and charcoal broiled steak, cooked to order. Enjoy a frosty glass of imported or famous American beer on draft, or a cocktail of your choice in the homey Club Circle bar. Relax in a country atmosphere at the Club Circle, out Crescent Avenue past the raceway on Lake Lonely. George and Vicki Winston, your hosts. Well, we've got a final baseball score just in. The game just completed on WKAJ-FM. The Mets defeated the Pirates and won a doubleheader. They won by a score of 9-2. Don Cardwell, the winner, he's won three and lost eight. The loser, Doc Ellis, he's won four and lost nine. So that's good news for Mets fans. They're now only six and a half games behind the first-place Chicago Cubs. Back to music. This is Jerry Wallace with Temptation. Temptation, please leave me
partly cloudy and much warmer tonight with lows in the 60s. Tomorrow, variable cloudiness, warm and humid with showers and thunder showers likely. Highs in the upper 70s and 80s. On this holiday, July 4th, the temperature creeping up there, it's now 88 degrees. Whether we like the weather, the weather's here to stay. Hot Point, port cool from G. Heath Carload King, West Avenue in Saratoga, is the best buy for summer comfort. Five to 8,000 BTU cooling capacities are available and easy to take home. The portacool by Hotpoint is simple to install. Accordion-type panels slide in place against the window frame, and it fits windows 20 and a half to 36 inches wide. Cleaning the portacool is simplicity itself. The filter is removed at a touch, washed, and quickly, easily slipped back into place. There are easy-to-use controls, and you pick your comfort for any season. You might be pleased to know that Hotpoint portacool air conditioners carry a one-year repair warranty on the entire unit plus a four-year warranty on the sealed refrigerating system only. And service is available. All roads lead to G. Heath Carload King, West Avenue in Saratoga Springs. Save the Kingway and pocket the difference. Play it cool this summer with Portacool by Hot Point at G. Heath Carload King. 